you know, that you can't sell world hunger with caviar. And uh, so we are in a climate emergency, but we want to, do, we want to solve it efficiently, quickly, and um, as best we can environmentally. So my question is on, on cost. Where are we in terms of offshore wind, in terms of other big-scale big clean energy, hydro, nuclear, um, you know, big-scale solar PV? Um, and where are, we, where are we now and where are we going? Well, we're a lot cheaper than building anything else in this region for big-scale uh, energy. So I'll give you a, a, a comparison data point. Uh, a couple of years ago, the Long Island Power Authority needed new sources of generation in one specific place, and that was the east end of Long Island, the town of East Hampton. So they ran an open competition, and within that, they allowed any form of new generation to bid. We were one bidder out of 21 proposals. We competed head-to-head -head with new sources of fossil generation, new sources of solar generation, demand response, energy storage. What LIPA found out of that was that our South Fork wind farm was the most cost-effective new form of generation for delivering in that one particular place. You put offshore wind head-to-head -head with a new combined cycle natural gas facility in the middle of Texas, and we're going to lose. But that's not the market that offshore wind is designed to serve. In the densely populated places in the Boston-Washington corridor where we can build cost-effectively, where we've got a good wind resource, and where it's very difficult and expensive to build anything else, offshore wind is in certain cases already cheaper than building anything else, and we think that over the coming 10 to 15 years, it'll become the low-cost new build resource. Great. And, and this has also been proven out by subsequent solicitations, right? So this is not just the South Fork project. This has been proven by solicitations in Massachusetts, uh, New Jersey, New York, right, with our recent procurement where we bought approximately 700 megawatts. We bought that at a, a premium above wholesale prices of about $25 a megawatt hour, which is in comparison to current land-based renewable prices that are in the high teens. So the premiums that we're talking about are drastically lower than we even expected them to be a year or two ago. And again, this is mostly because we are piggybacking on an industry that is currently mature in Europe and, and their manufacturers and developers, such as, as Ersted, are looking to the U.S. market as, as really the new horizon for the technology. Um, so we're benefiting off of all of their cost reductions, off of all their technology innovations. We still have a long ways to go. Right? We have more areas of, of the cost curve that we can cut down. Cut down excuse me. Competition will continue to drive prices lower. Um, but we're, you know, from a cost perspective, we're in a really good place. I think that's a good positive note to conclude on. Let's give our panel a round of applause. Let me, before I let you go, let me thank Sarah Fitz for co-sponsoring. Sarah, thank you very much. I hope you found this interesting and informative. That's what our energy policy is all about, to create this dialogue and form you on subjects that are important. We'd encourage your continued involvement and support of our energy policy so we can do more things like this.